Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. After months of bitter conflict, fast food companies and labor unions have reached a deal that could raise the minimum wage for half a million fast food workers in California. KQED labor correspondent Farida Javalo Romero reports. In response to an industry referendum to get voters to claw back labor gains in Sacramento, a union-backed bill would have made fast food corporations like McDonald's liable for labor violations by their franchisees. The New Deal has the industry agreeing to drop the referendum when the unions get an amended bill signed by the governor. Joseph Bryant is with the Service Employees International Union. So instead of having this you know, huge ballot measure um, in November of 2024. Uh, why not just come to the table now? The amended bill still raises the minimum wage to $20 an hour next year and gives fast food workers more say about their labor conditions. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. And a bit more information about this fast food deal. The higher pay will apply to workers who work at fast food chains that have at least 60 locations nationwide. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. If you're a parent or a caregiver in the state, chances are you've seen billboards urging you to talk, read, and sing to your baby. Now the agency behind those ads, First Five California, is pushing a new statewide campaign to raise awareness about toxic stress. KQED's Daisy Nguyen has more. Toxic stress builds up in the body when traumatic childhood experiences like abuse, neglect, or a painful loss go unaddressed. According to a statewide survey, one in three kids in California are at risk. When children and even in utero experience toxic stress response, it actually hinders brain development. Jackie Tu Hung Wong is executive director of First Five California. 
She says toxic stress can have lasting physical and mental effects. Their campaign provides tips in multiple languages on minimizing the impact. They include creating a predictable routine and staying calm to help younger kids manage their big feelings before toxic stress takes over. For the California Report, I'm Daisy Nguyen. As cities across California struggle with a lack of affordable housing, developers are thinking micro, as in micro apartments, some smaller than 300 square feet. In Sacramento, Cap Radio's Chris Nichols takes us on a tour of one development. It is a little crowded in here. Um, it's a tiny little space. That's so. Caesar LaVey inside his 267 square foot apartment at Sonrisa, a new affordable housing community in downtown Sacramento, two blocks from the state capitol. It's not a lot of space to sit down or do anything like that. That's okay. LaVey's space is tiny, but he makes the most of it. His Murphy bed folds up into the wall and transforms into a couch. Yes, this will just go up like leaving him just steps right. from his fridge, microwave, and induction stove. Two steps to the kitchen, and uh, I think that's kind of the way I prefer it at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, the 20-year-old LaVey says he's lucky just to have this small space. He pays a little more than $800 a month in rent, about $1,000 below the average apartment rent, in a region that has a shortfall of tens of thousands of affordable homes. LaVey, who makes $17.50 an hour as a tailor, says he and other young renters don't have a lot of options right now. It's not that nobody wants to have a big house and kids and things like that. It's that it's become so completely unaffordable and so far out of anybody else's reach that we literally just cannot touch it. That's like dreaming for touching the stars. Housing experts say micro apartments can help with the affordability crisis. But as projects like Sonrisa move forward, cities should make sure they maintain health, safety, and quality of life standards, says Lakshmi Ramasubramonian, an urban planning professor at San Jose State. We do have to think about how small is too small, because the way people use their home has changed over the past several years. It's amplified through the pandemic, people work from home. But UC Davis law professor Chris Elmendorf, who researches California's housing crisis, says given the state's dire lack of affordable homes, going small makes sense. I don't see size as being a health or safety issue, right? Particularly when the alternative is a tent, right? We know that it's not safe to live in a tent on the street. Sacramento's city code requires a minimum 150 square feet of living space in so-called efficiency units. They must also provide a kitchen and bathroom and house no more than two people. Supporters of micro-apartments say they help more than just young renters. They're also an affordable option for older residents on a fixed income, for single parents, and for people with disabilities who need to access downtown services. I think we have a lot of one- and two-person households that are looking for affordable places to live, and it's really hard to do without a second income or a roommate. That's Danielle Foster. She heads the public agency that developed Sonrisa and opened it in March. To live at the complex, tenants must make between 40 and 60% of the area median income. Foster says there's nothing small about the demand for the project's 58 apartments, which are all full. We have a waiting list of over 860 households right now just for this location. 
And so we know there's a great need and a great demand for more housing of this type. Back inside his apartment, LaVey says that massive waiting list reinforces how fortunate he is to have a home. This was like a diamond, literally, in the rough. Um, I could not have found something better. LaVey adds he can't afford to leave anytime soon. For the California Report, I'm Chris Nichols in Sacramento. And that is the California Report for Tuesday, September 12th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org lbca. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.